Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This will require rumination. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. You who have lived and worked among cattle probably know what ruminating actually is, literally. (laughs) That's right. right. Ruminants chew their cud. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of chewing things over the long term, really getting it good and mushy. You. So a couple of things here. That uh, fit together a little bit. First of all, this quote I came across in a book I'm reading, Our Man in Havana by Graham Greene. Have you heard it? It's a classic. I have heard of that. And uh, one of my intellectual heroes, Christopher Hitchens, used to talk about it a lot, so I thought I would read it, and it's really, really good. Really well written. Anyway. Buddy comedy, right? It's like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but in Havana? Uh, sort of. It's uh, communism and uh, spies and that sort of stuff. But uh-huh. Anyway, one of the characters, um, they're talking about life and stuff like that, and uh, the one guy was really worried about something. And the other guy said, do you never worry about anything? And he said, I have a secret defense. I'm interested in life. With the idea being, he, he, he said, I'm interested in life. You're just interested in a person, you. Or your kids. But I'm interested in life, the whole picture. These things can happen, and look, this happened to me, and that happened to them. And this sort of thing happens to everybody. Oh, that's very stoicism-ish. Is it? Boy, I wish I could think that way. I worry about everything. Well, hey, you're about to be rewarded for that. But before we get to that. What? With my other thing. (laughs) With my other thing I have. But but that uh, fits in with stoicism? Oh well, yeah, uh, just the idea that um, that which must be accepted should be accepted. That if it is real, y- you've got to 
you've got to come to grips with it. Not that it's easy. It's hard. But that's the point. Stop wishing reality wasn't reality. Yeah, that's what George Washington said all the time. I remember that from which book was it? One of the books I read. That was a common quote he had during the Revolutionary War. What is is right. Just if this is what it is, well, that's that's right or is or however you want to look at it. But mm-hmm. there's no point in calling it wrong and arguing about it. <laughs> this is what it, this is how many bullets we have, for instance. I wish we had more bullets. Yeah, me too, but we don't. So what do we do? Do you never worry about anything? I have a secret defense. I'm interested in life. This reminds me of something I heard George Carlin say one time, and just that he was like, he's interested in all the different things that can happen to you or other people. It's just, it's the world. It's life. He doesn't fret Mm -hmm. about it. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, You remember that great uh, story Matthew McConaughey uh, told about Woody Harrelson? Right. Was that at the Oscars? Yeah. McConaughey posed one of those uh, really, you know, uh, ruminant questions, one of those philosophical questions. Don't you sometimes get d- d- worried about, do you get down about, does it ever stress you out? To blah, blah, blah. How do you not to, you not get bothered by that? And Woody said, I just don't think about yeah, it. I just forget about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Shaped just stoner answer. Re- <laughs> that re- reaction to me is just so far out of my reality (laughs) he said it works it really does (laughs) wow like my dad says mind over matter if you don't mind it doesn't matter (laughs) um uh but this kind of fits is this the opposite or whatever it is because this is a thing a guy a very successful guy giving seminars on how being successful says that successful people have more productive paranoia than other people Productive paranoia. Productive Do tell. Par- paranoia. Uh, prodigious amounts of productive paranoia, according to this multi-time best-selling author and leadership expert. It's the idea of thinking about all the different outcomes and all the bad things and all the horrible things that could happen and, and trying to be prepared for them. Being paranoid of everything going to crap is basically it, which I have been always. <laughs> I can't mm. not be that way. Uh, I think, well, I might phrase it like uh, being honest about all the possible outcomes and being ready for them. I assume we're we're in a business context here mostly, or I don't know. Uh, Well, I think it could be all of life. Last time I was here, people thought I was some sort of maniac, he said in front of the crowd, because I said to everybody, it's sunny today, but the storm is coming. I don't know what it is. It will be a surprise, but it is best to be uh, a paranoid freak because something bad is certain to happen. Um, and then they get into a little bit of if you fixate or hyper fixate on negative outcomes all the time, you can become a well, actually paranoid, lunatic, miserable human being. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the dividing line is, do you take that paranoia or anticipating various outcomes and, and go forward and do the work or does it paralyze you? That's the yeah, I dividing don't, line. I wonder, wonder uh, I'm about to sneeze. I probably got that. Uh-oh. I probably Uh-oh. have Uh-oh. that new. It's that new Chinese they virus. They just told us not to worry about it, Jack. It's the new Chinese respiratory illness, and I'm going to. Yeah, you know, Katie makes a good point. China said, "Don't worry about it. It's it's uh, old viruses that are filling their hospitals now." Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I do that. I don't think I do it in my regular life, but certainly career-wise, I've always thought this is going to fall apart. And uh, it's like uh, Larry David talking about he used to walk around new york and look at like alleyways and think that'd be a good place to sleep if you know i lose everything it'd be protected <laughs> from the weather and 
You guys do that, right? I do that yeah, all, all the time. I'm like, you know what? That's <laughs> yep. a freeway underpass. I could land under if everything goes to hell. I don't know if I ever have gone so far as to think I'm going to be in a doorway or an overpass, but I have seen like really cheap living conditions and thought, you know, if I lived there and I bought groceries and I bought this kind of vehicle, I think I could get by in about $900 a month. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I've wow. done that many times in my life. I've thought about how I could get into various businesses and and sleep there, and then when the morning crew came in, they'd kick me out. Obviously, you're gonna like go in the, st- the stall bathroom of the Home Depot and put your legs up on the seat and wait till they've cleaned it, and then sneak out into the- <laughs> sleep, that sort of thing. I- sleep in one of the bathtubs, and then go to the gym where you have your gym membership to shower, so you can then. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. But I, usually, not a retail establishment. I picture offices, office buildings. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be easy. Mm-hmm. See, I picture a warehouse club so I can get the food in bulk, you know. Because if you're, if if you're, well, that's some practical thinking, Michael. But if you're, you know, in a Home Depot, for instance, since it came up, they're used to making sure everybody's cleared out at the end of the day. If you're in a nondescript office building that's got an insurance company, a couple of lawyers, some accounting firm, and whatever the hell else, everybody's more than happy to leave at the end of the day. They don't have systems for making sure all the accountants have gone home. And so I'm thinking that would be a fertile ground for me to, to crash when the inevitable happens. How many, people, how many places clean the bathrooms every night? They probably don't clean them every day. So you could... You could uh, just sit on the toilet with your feet up until everybody's gone, right? Couldn't you? I don't know how many office buildings clean the bathrooms every day. I kind of assume they do every day. I don't know. Do you know, Katie? Because we do I, we need I'd to have a plan so. for this. Um, I hope so. That's a good yeah. answer. Of course, yeah. you, you leave one bathroom. You wait till after they clean the bathroom. You leave one bathroom, and then you go to the next bathroom. It'd be pretty easy to do, like you said, an office building. Okay, so now it's nighttime. Everybody's left. Doors are closed, mm-hmm. you feel. Now what are you going to do? Sleep. Sleep where? Where I find. I'm not giving away all my secrets. I have ideas. I have theories, thoughts, you think, strategies. You think if you give away your secret, every office building in America is going to come up with a defense? The Joe Getty defense, we call it. We need to implement it immediately. Well, this I got to be ready. This existence plan sounds exhausting. Having to figure out, okay, Jim's going to be cleaning the second floor bathroom at, you know, this time. Going to go upstairs. I tried to stay up all night long in Las Vegas one time because uh, I rolled into town. Very, very long story. But I rolled into town. There was not a single hotel room. They, at that time, had one million hotel rooms, and there wasn't a single one available. And I wasn't intending to go there. I rolled in there late. and um, You were accidentally in Las Vegas. More or less. Again, it's a long story. But um, uh, travel, weather, all kinds of things. But uh, I didn't have a hotel room, and I'm there for the night. And I thought, well, at first I thought, well, it's Las Vegas. This will be easy. You know, so you have a few drinks. You stay up next thing. You know, it's like four in the morning, and you don't want to drink anymore. You don't want to eat anymore, and you really, really just want to sleep. And I tried sleeping in the bathroom for a while, but it was just too uncomfortable to uh, sleep there with my, uh, my head resting on my knees. So I ended up sleeping in the bushes at Caesar Palace. So if you're next time you're at Caesar Palace, they have a hedge along there that is like low enough to the ground. I, I got behind those and I slept on but the ground like a beast. But I did. I did try like going up to various floors, but I I couldn't figure out where to sleep. That's why I was asking you where you think you would sleep. Mm, again, I think office buildings are much more. They're much less locked door esque than, than a hotel. hotel. Hotels all about locked doors. I thought with all of these floors, I could find somebody. You'd have to be right in the hallway, and, you know, they're going to roust you or call the police or something, probably. 
Yeah, yeah. I think you just have to be creative. You have to find, uh, you know, the, the right nook and or cranny. Well, I'll tell you what. You wake up with a hangover, having slept, the, the blazing sun beating down on your face, oh. having slept two hours behind the bushes at Caesar. You don't feel that good about yourself. That's got to be a guy thing, because you are now the third man in my life that has told me a story about having to pass out outside. <laughs> I didn't want to say pass out. I was tired. I went to sleep. I made the decision to go to sleep. I have zero female friends that have said, oh, by the way, ended up sleeping in a bush that night. Well, that's just a safety issue. You can't be laying around asleep (laughs) as a female. I'm I'm unlikely to get raped or attacked, especially look at me. Who's interested? Right. Right. If you had that wig on, it would have been a different story. (laughs) The Halloween wig. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what was the day like in Vegas? That day? God dang it. So I finally got up and I was hungover and I was walking around just killing time until people started checking out of rooms. And uh, people checked out. I got into a Motel 6, the one right right by the airport, at about 10 in the morning and got a room. And, oh, God, I felt horrible. Wow. Wow. You know, I know you don't like to talk about it, but that that was back in the day when Jack got fired from Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) Because... Not only could he not twist himself into a knot, he couldn't even touch his knees. That's right. I could barely touch my toes. So they weren't going to let me. But be boy, could he twirl with his, uh, holding onto a rope with his mouth. Oh, yeah. His ponytail flying. It's just amazing to see. Uh, Katie, I once passed out in the toilet paper section of Costco, but uh, that's. Great. Make that four men. So Thank four, you, Michael. Four men. Well. I guess that's it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 